I never dreamed how much I would actually enjoy podcasting. When it was first suggested to me, I'll be honest, I was a bit intimidated by the thought. But when I found Anchor, I quickly realized how easy this was going to be. Anchor provides me with the tools to record and edit right within their program. I don't need additional software. I didn't even need to know how to distribute the podcast because they do it all for me. I would not be where I am today as a podcaster without Anchor. It's all you need and completely free. If you are looking to get started, download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Entitlement. I am special simply because I am better than everyone. I am more important than everyone. I don't need a reason. I don't need, you know, any uh, behavior to back that up. Everyone knows I'm special and they should treat me as such. Individuals with narcissistic tendencies expect special treatment. They feel that good things should come their way simply because of who they are. Not because of anything they have or have not done, but rather just because they deserve it. They believe that they're superior to others and they deserve this special treatment and they expect more respect more attention. They're often, you know, demanding that treatment is different from everyone else. And they're very not reasonable about this. In fact, it's often quite shocking behavior from, from a full grown adult. Entitlement is due to the internal emptiness that narcissistic people experience. And we are going to talk about that emptiness, where it comes from and how it plays out with the covert narcissist. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. Before we get started, I want to invite you to join us on Patreon. This is an amazing platform. Members receive semi-weekly nuggets of inspiration. These are points to ponder to keep yourself on a path of clarity and healing. Grasping covert narcissism, it's like trying to grab the wind. It's here one minute and then it's just gone. Keeping your thoughts clear can prove to be extremely difficult. My goal on Patreon is to help keep things simple and clear. You have already dealt with enough confusion, word salads, and circular conversations in your life. These nuggets of inspiration are clear and straightforward. In Patreon, you also can send me your own thoughts on topics that you need addressed, questions you have in your life right now. It's a partner relationship. So if you'd like to join us on Patreon, the site is www. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash covert narcissism. I hope to see you there. Now, let's get into this entitlement thing. Uh, one other thing I want to mention is on these podcasts, if you will hit that subscribe button or like button or favorite button, please don't forget to do that. This helps so much to continue spreading the word and, and making this podcast more visible to others. The only way that we are ever going to be able to turn uh, this rise in narcissism around is to educate our world. We need to reach other victims and we need to reach the flying monkeys that, that are often so clueless to what's going on. And the more of them that we can reach, then the more of them that we can take, the, the more we can take the fuel away from the narcissist. So help spread the word, hit that like button, and let's move on. Now, where does this feeling of entitlement that's in a narcissist come from? At some point in time, narcissists bury their inner self. 
Often this comes from uh, a lot of pain and suffering and turmoil in their own childhood. Uh, for many, many, many of them, they grew up in a very abusive childhood of some sort. And, and the pain that they experienced in that childhood is simply uh, overwhelming. They just cannot bear it. And so they create a false image, a false sense of self. And it's like this false self is their own buffer between that inner turmoil that they have and their day-to-day -day functions. But this false self, they have to create this false self to be this wonderful person, this, this ideal uh, being that they uh, want to be, but they don't know how to be. They don't have the resources, the internal resources to carry it out. And so this person, this false self is also often built up to be, you know, charming, intelligent, compassionate, uh, this very great and wonderful person that they then portray to the world. And this creates an extreme problem because this false self, by definition, is not real. And so it has no depth, no substance to it. And, and this is why, like, you know, the, if they create this false self of being a compassionate person, well, when there's no depth behind compassion, then compassion is not real. It's, it's you know, um, it's calculated. It's manipulated. It's, I do this for them, and then they do this for me. I, I do this compassionate gesture for them, and then they tell me all the wonderful things about who I am and, and how I behave. And, and so I get all this praise back when I do. That's the emptiness that's behind this false self. And um, it, with this, that, that false self is unavoidably insecure. Like it's, it's so shallow and it's fragile and there's nothing that's going to change that. And, and so this false self has to be stroked all the time. It has to be constantly validated or it will collapse on them. And that fear of collapse is part of the, the rage that, that is behind narcissism is they're so afraid that that false self is going to collapse that they protect it for all they are worth. Now, do I think that a covert narcissist can verbalize all of this? No. No. They are often not at all aware of any of this. And the narcissist then maintains this image of superiority. It's extreme intelligence or attractiveness, wonderfulness, specialness in some way. And it takes great effort to hold up this image. And this plays out as entitlement. They have decided that this false self is who they truly are. And you, the victim, must support that and must validate that. They deserve special treatment just because of who they are. Not anything that they have done. They deserve praise, attention, recognition, to be told that they are wonderful just because they have decided that they are. Well, extreme narcissists will show this entitlement in extreme ways. When their false self is threatened, you will know it. Yelling, screaming, cussing, throwing things, breaking things, hitting, aggressive threats. How dare you question my superiority? Covert narcissists are not this extreme narcissist. A threat to their false self often does not come out so strongly, and victims often do not even know that this person is upset until they start learning the signs, you know, to read when, when this covert narcissist in their life is upset. Things like sulking 
or going off quietly, you know, and, and closing themselves in a room or staring into space. That was a big one for me. He would just stand in the room in this particular pose and stare into space, like holding this thick tension in the room. And then ultimately he would say, can we talk? I hated those words. Can we talk? Victims often do not even know why the covert narcissist is upset because you see they're getting upset over things that you would never expect somebody to get upset about. At least that's the way it is in the beginning. Now, the more you build this relationship with this person and the, and the more experience you get with this person, you start getting really good at anticipating what is going to set them off. But you start becoming used to that and it becomes your normal. And now you start, you know, anticipating all the things that will set him off. And this is the way you are now living. And it's not reasonable. With a covert narcissist, you know, it is not glaringly obvious that all of this is going on. It, it takes a while for victims to get their eyes open. And victims will often say things like, you know, something just doesn't feel quite right. I don't feel good around them, but I'm really not sure why. I just can't put my finger on what the problem is. And, and so then I'm not sure there really is a problem. Is there a problem? Is there not a problem? Like, you're just not sure. That's how confusing covert narcissism can be. Now, let's go a little further with some of this uh, entitlement and kind of how some of these more subtle ways play out. I'm going to give you an example. I once asked him, you know, him, him being my husband at the time, and I once asked him about some cords that he had bunched up these cords. It was, it was behind his desk at the home, his, his home office desk. And, and these cords were all kind of bunched up together to the you know, cords, to the printer, the TV, the computer, the whatever, whatever. And I asked him about it. And I asked if it was a fire hazard because, you know, you hear that these kind of cords can be fire hazards. And I asked him about it. Well, he told me, no, he goes, it's, it's fine. And so I moved on. I didn't, I just thought, okay, it was just a simple question. He answered that it was fine. So I moved on. Well, later we were with our friends and I don't remember how it came up in conversation, but he told our friends about it. And he said that, you know, I was all worried over it and that he had to, you know, convince me that it was okay. And, and he was acting like he was the strong one while I was the little worrier that he had to comfort, you know, because, oh, and it bothered her so much because she worries so much. And, and he just kind of kept going on and on. And this kind of bothered me. It got uncomfortable. And I commented and said, no, I wasn't worried about it. I just asked you and you answered and, and I moved on. Well, he laughed it off in front of our friends and said, yeah, you just, you just don't remember how worried you really were. And, and he just kind of continued a little bit. So I, I backed off, but later I told him, I said, you know, I really was not worried over it. I asked you and, and I moved on. He became extremely defensive now. He's telling me that I always worried because you're, you're always worried. And I'm always the one that has to convince you that everything's okay. Cause I'm the level-headed one here. And I always have to make sure that, that you're comforted knowing that everything was okay. And he kept talking down to me in this way. And it certainly was not true. Apparently though, just asking him about something, anything boosted his superiority over me and continued to feed his false self that he was this superior, you know, caregiver. And you're just my little, my little companion who I got to care for. And I did not understand at the time what was going on, but I did know how it made me feel. And I really did not like how it made me feel. And so what ended up happening was I quit asking him about things. 
I quit going to them about stuff. If I had questions, I would, you know, find another avenue to get my answer. And of course, this later made him mad because, well, you never ask me about anything anymore. Well, he didn't understand. It's because of how he made me feel and trying to explain it to him. You know, any of you out there know, you know, if you're dealing with a covert narcissist, you know how that went over. I'll give you another example. Uh, when I was pregnant with our second child, we were living in Ohio and this is a very similar example. And it, I was pregnant through the winter months and multiple times he told our friends that, you know, well, when she was pregnant in winter in Ohio, she ran the air conditioning like crazy. She had that air conditioning cranked down to 32 in our house. And, and it was just below freezing outside and she cranked that AC and this little Phoenix boy was just miserable. And he laughed about it and, and made it like I was just, you know, that I had been so mean to him in doing this and that he had to endure it. He had to, you know, that, that eternal victim role that they play of, you know, but I, I just put on some extra clothes and some extra blankets and I made sure she was taken care of. I never ran the air conditioning like that. Never. And yet he says it and he laughs like it's just hysterical and, and how much he was the martyr for, you know, for enduring this and, and how he just takes so much suffering upon himself. And he thought that everyone should feel sorry for him for having to endure all this. And he ate up all that attention. Well, this time when I objected to it, I objected, you know, in front of our friends, I went, I did not do that. Well, he told me, well, you just don't remember things as accurately as I do. And, and he continued to tell people this story throughout most of our marriage. And anytime I objected, he just told people, well, she just doesn't remember because, you know, she was pregnant at the time. And so she just doesn't remember. Well, these examples can seem so petty. And if I tell them to people who are not, uh, you know, within that, that knowledge of covert narcissism, I tell people about it, they just kind of, well, you know, they laugh it off and go, yeah, that's just, that's a nothing and move on. And I hear from victims all the time, things like, I know this sounds like nothing. And my first words to them are, don't say that. You know, they'll tell me, I, I know I sound crazy complaining about this. And I know I shouldn't make such a big deal out of this. And these are the things they say. And I'm like, no, no, it's not petty. It's not trivial to be made feel to feel inferior all the time. Their false self must be superior always. This is that entitlement. They have to always be above you. They simply can never be wrong. They can never be the lesser person in the relationship and they can never be anything less than this great and wonderful being. Well, that, that is not fair to you. That's abusive to you because in order for them to get there, they are stepping all over you, all over your heart, your thoughts, your feelings, your, you know, your existence. I'll give you another example. Crossing the street with him can prove to be a very scary occurrence. And, and I've heard this from other victims, so I'm actually starting to realize that there's some, there's some common uh, occurrences here with this. He walks out on the crosswalk like he owns the road. You know, like, like how dare you, you know, he, he'll stare at cars like, I dare you to even come close to me. And if a car is coming, it's like he puffs out his chest, puts his nose in the air, and he walks arrogantly out in front of them, entitled to this space of the earth right this moment. And if that car comes close, he will glare at that driver, like just stare them down. Sometimes he will yell at them, but more often than not, it's the passive aggressive glare. 
And he's even done this in the church parking lot with our fellow church members. And, you know, it's embarrassing. There is simply no give on his part. I've talked about that in other podcast episodes, but they have no give, no sense of cooperation with others, no attempt at making life easy for anyone. And it's honestly like he was daring someone to hit him. He, he actually tells the stories of many times when he was nearly hit while crossing a road in a crosswalk. One time it was even by an ambulance and he wears it like a badge of honor. You know, when our boys were little, he used to take them by the hand and he'd walk straight out into the street with like no acknowledgement of a car coming. We even teach kids to look left and look right and look left again. Well, no, not him. He's just going to walk straight out and I those cars better stop. And multiple times he walked straight out in front of a car with our two young boys at his side. And it really scared me. It made me extremely uncomfortable for the safety of our children. But if I said anything about it, they, they create this environment where you are not comfortable and not safe to talk to them. If I said anything about it, he would get either extremely defensively angry and, and, you know, you just don't understand and you're just being afraid or whatever, but he would, he would make me so, uh, he would get so defensive about it or he would get more bold and walk out there even more aggressively just to prove a point. He always, they always have to prove a lesson to you or, or make a point. Um, another option, I guess, is they also would play the victim role of, well, you just don't care about me. You don't trust that I would take care of our children and you don't trust me with them. I can't believe that you would talk to me this way. And fine, you just do all the parenting because I apparently can't do any of it right. Woe is me. You just take care of them all by yourself. And now everything is flipped. And now I'm trying to convince him that that's not what I said. It's not what I meant. I never said you're not good enough. And now the circular conversation begins. These examples, you know, I could go on and on and on, and I know you can too. It's not, the problem is not any one occurrence of these things. You know, it's, it's not that, that he would walk out on the cross, on the crosswalk like that every once in a while, or it's not that, you know, as an entitled driver, he was an extremely entitled driver and his attitude was, this is my lane and my space and you better get out of the way. And, and if a car pulled out in front of him, he would, he would speed up to just make sure it was a problem, you know, and then he'd be all mad at him, flashing his lights and glaring at him and honking his horn and, and all of this. And it was like, he wanted it to be a problem so he could act out this way. Well, again, it's not, it's not any of these single events that are the problem. The problem is the consistency of it. The problem is day after day after day. And, and you cannot possibly explain to someone the hundreds and thousands of examples that you have lived. You can't do it. You can't take your whole life and show it to somebody. They will not understand how it makes you feel to be living every single hour of every day for years like this with a person who is so entitled and feeling so you know, lofty above you in every aspect of life and that you have to constantly uplift. You have to constantly tell them how wonderful they are. Tell them, you know, how, how much you appreciate them and how much it's not possible to feed that false self enough uh, fuel, enough energy, enough food. It's not possible to feed them enough to get them to be okay to just be genuine with you or just, you can't love this out of them. I was convinced I could, I could, I could love this out of him. And if I just showed him enough care, 
then he would then he would feel okay. The security would come out and, and he could drop all this, this facade that he had, this image that he had. But you can't because they hold on to that false self like, like it's their only source of existence because it is. They don't have anything behind it where if that false self collapses, they, are, they have nothing left. And they're so fearful of that. You are not crazy. You are living in a crazy situation, but you are not crazy. This, this false self, this is why you see glimpses and, and glimpses of good. They leave you just enough good to make you think that the, the relationship is good, that, that we're okay here, or that it's getting better. And yet they give you just enough bad to, that makes you just go crazy and, and does so much damage. And that's something I'm, I'm actually writing another podcast episode on, and we're going to be talking about that, that just enough good and just enough bad. So that is coming. But I tell you right now, you are not crazy. Living with a person with this amount of entitlement and superiority in them is incredibly painful. It's intense. It's constant. It's exhausting. And you are not alone. And I wish you so much peace on that journey of healing. Now, please hit that like button or that favorite button so our podcast can be more visible to our world. Other people will begin to understand more if they start learning about covert narcissism. Our world needs to know what's going on. So we, as those victims and survivors, can start finding the support we need. I wish you so much peace. Thank you.